Trading Nut, episode 27. When I started seeing where price was going or where I, when I started seeing a candlestick pattern or some kind of structure where it might cause a reversal, then that was my go-to signal. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today, uh, before we get into the interview, I just want to talk about the, just quickly, about the, the, the terrible events that have gone on over here in New Zealand. Now for those listening for the first time or haven't listened to many episodes, I'm based in New Zealand, I'm in Wellington, I'm, I'm on the North Island and um, Christchurch obviously had that uh, atro- those atrocious attacks and the mosque uh, just two days ago from when I recorded this. Uh, you'll be hearing this probably a week or so after. Now, look, just my heart goes out to the guys that were affected by this incident, and I know that there are listeners out there from Christchurch. So, guys, I hope you and your family and friends are okay. Uh, and, um, yeah, just thinking of you guys at, at this current point in time. Um, yeah, look, it's um, interesting the fact that we're so far away from the next country. I mean, we're essentially probably the furthest away out of any of the major countries in the world from any other country we're, we're three hours away from from australia uh and that's the the well, and, and the islands that the pacific islands so it is pretty significant in terms of the fact that you know we are uh, miles away from anyone else whenever we have a war when there's a war on we sort of know that we're not going to be affected by you know nuclear bombs going off and all that sort of stuff so when it's on your back doorstep it does really make you sort of reassess what's going on um, around here and, and in the world and in your life and what you can do to affect the, the changes that, that are going on uh, for the better so guys without going on about it too much um, yeah look it's been a sort of a tough week here for, for not just me but but the rest of the country so um, onward and upward we just carry on as per normal New Zealand's not really like this normally it's very very nice place to live righty ho today's interview we've got uh, co success Lee FX from the US now this guy um, we, we actually talked about a number of different things. He's got an interesting journey, a bit different from everyone else. So uh, he's he's only got a short journey of, of a couple of years, but he's managed to cram an awful lot into that. So we go into that. We we hear about how he trades uh, the currency market. So he's primarily focused on those, and uh, he also we also talk about a bit about crypto. So he did a bit of crypto trading and has some good views on that as well. And we we hear where he thinks Bitcoin will either. Spike or not, so a key price level we talked about in the show. And one of the key aspects is all around adapting. So adapting to, adapting, I suppose learning, adapting, learning, adapting. Test and learn, quickly adapting to things that that aren't going so well and and making changes to see if you can find things that work better. Uh, We'll hear more more about that in the interview. Now it sort of takes me back to, um, to what I'm doing at the moment. So... At the moment, I've I've actually gone back into a, a three month contract. So, 
I've stepped away from trading nut. Well, I haven't stepped away. I'll still be here doing all my all my usual stuff. Um, but I've also added in a full time contract for the th- next three months. And look, I've I've had to adjust and think. Well, it was a good opportunity to come uh, to 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 basically take and give myself some breathing room uh, after the contract ends for probably three to six months. So I should be good to go after this contract ends for three to six months and hammer this home. Uh, And I'm back in the markets, guys. I'm back in fully into the markets this week. It had some great trades, actually. had some great trades of um, one, one good day, one really, really good day. And um, and a lot of learning, which is good, and a lot of adapting, which is which is good to see as well. So, guys, um, before we get into the interview, one other last thing I want to tell you about is that I've got uh, a webinar coming up, and I'm going to be doing webinars going forward a bit as well. So. Uh, stay tuned for that. I'm either going to add that into an episode or do a separate episode. You'll find out when it comes out. Stay tuned. Sign up to the newsletter, uh, the email newsletter, or follow us on show, social media, and you'll find out when it is happening. So, guys, I'm looking forward to that. I haven't done a webinar for a long time, so I can't wait to get back into it. Right, what else can I say? I think that's enough. Let's get on with the show today and, um, yeah, introduce Ku. All right, guys, so we've got Ku here from... Chicago was it Chicago that you're where are you living <laughs> I live in Wisconsin 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 it's up there and now where is Wisconsin exactly I'm like four hours away from Chicago four hours away ah yeah 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 my friend lived in um Buffalo very cold up oh, there yeah okay it's not too far away yeah yeah and um, so we've got uh, Co-Success Lee, uh, Co-Success Lee FX. So you go by Success Lee FX. What, why do you go by that name? That's one question I want to ask you straight off the bat. The name? Yeah. I wanted to put my name out there and add a little twist and uh, put the success name in there as like kind of like my middle name. And then through the FX, because I trade Forex. So Cool, cool. All right, that makes sense. Well, look, let's let's get on with some of the questions. So, I mean, first of all, I want to find out like how you first got into trading, your story today, like a bit about you personally and that sort of stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, started back in January uh, 2017, and I didn't really want to get into live trading or any forex markets. And I was I was into uh, a lot of network marketing companies at the time, and I was I was trying to figure out you know what I wanted to do you know because the biggest problem is that in network marketing was that is to be that you know that top recruiter and to keep building that network of people and I got sick and tired of doing that and I, a couple of my friends were doing forex trading and they were part of another uh, network marketing company and that's how I got into it back at the end of December of 2016 and so that's how my journey all started. So, and here I am right now. I mean, that's been two years, two years and three months. Yeah, two years and two months now of actual trading. So wow. it's come a long ways. It's it's not that long a career compared to like some of the guys I've had on here, which is which is strange because you actually one of my listeners recommended that like I went out to them all and said, hey, look, who do you who do you think I should get on the show and. 
um, definitely one of them, might, might have even been more, said should definitely get you on. And I know, because I know I reached out to you ages ago and you finally um, yes, you had are, a bit yeah. of time. Yeah, you finally had some time. Cause it, so that was a long time ago that I asked them and you finally oh. had some time now. So that's, it's good to get you on. Um, so, so I suppose that's quite interesting. Yeah. So like, what I'd be interested to hear is like how did – how did you go from there, getting into it 2016 in December, to to get to a point now where you've got guys who are recommending that I interview you on the show? Uh, so obviously you must be doing something right. So how did you get to that point? I have to say the number one thing is to to get to the stage where I'm at right now is to sacrifice that sleep time. I sacrificed a lot of my time, especially spending time with my family. I mean, as soon as I got done, I was still at that time, I was still pursuing college full-time as a full-time college student. And so I was still watching my two daughters at home. I mean, two years ago, my daughters were three and one. So that was such a hassle, taking care of them and also, you know, going to school full-time, eight to ten hours a day, and then trying to juggle, uh, juggle with trading Forex. And the number one thing, the best, like I said, the number one thing to sacrifice is your sleep time. I know it's it's really deprived on that because you get, you know, you, you get really tired. You're so stressed out. You're so focused on making this kind of money, and you want to get there as fast as you can. And that's how fast I got into, you know, my level of experience in trading is to, you know, all the hours that I put in so that I can be where I'm at right now. And the number one goal for me was that to be a stay-at-home dad, but not, but to also make that kind of income to where I didn't have to go find a job. That was the biggest thing. Okay, that's that is interesting. I mean, a lot of a lot of the traders I interview, uh, well, not pretty. I can at least say probably thirty percent of them do go down that route of sacrificing sleep. Like literally, they're yeah. you know. That's that. It's a few years of sacrifice. So, how did that? Um, I mean, what were the, what were the hours were you were sort of doing then? If you're sacrificing sleep, I mean, how many hours sleep were you actually putting at, <laughs> at risk here? Oh man, I, I mean, I mean, when I was going to school full time, I was only oh man, at most maybe five hours, six hours sometimes. And so, as soon as I would get home from school, I would constantly start staring at my computer. And staring at my phone because I trade on the phone a lot, and that's how I got introduced to MetaTrader Four using the uh, using it on my smartphone. So I was constantly I was constantly staring at the phone and on the computer screen. But when I'm in bed, I'm always staring at my phone, and I'm always trying to constantly trying to scalp the markets. So that's how I got I got really I got really involved into scalping the markets versus uh, swing trading. So. Okay, and so so do you want to walk us through like how that sort of early stage um, experience was when you were scalping the markets? I mean, were you making money straight off the bat, or did you get some education, or how did that come about? Yeah, like I joined. Like I said I joined. I joined a company called iMarkets Live uh, in January of 2017, but I was only with them till March of 2017, so it was only two months. I paid. I paid a $200 scalping course on Facebook. And from there, that really got me into uh, trading shorter time frames, like the one minute, three, uh, one minute, five minute, 15 minute. And to, to scalp the markets from those shorter time frames, like I had to learn the entries and exits of when I wanted to get in during New York sessions, 
if I couldn't trade New York sessions while I'm at school, then I know that I know that I can come back and, and scalp the markets within the first two, three hours at Tokyo sessions and then wait till London opens and scalp that market for, for two to three hours. And then and then if I know I have night class, I'll do I'll do the complete opposite. I would scalp the markets during New York sessions and all the way to Tokyo and then and then go to my night class and then come back and try and do it for London again. And so that's how I got really into scalping. But I mean, it took, like you said, I lost, I lost at least see, four, about 4,000 right away in the month of February of 2017 before, before I did that video of me flipping that 350 to 26,000 in traders away. That was in the same time frame, but that was at the end of February until March 3rd. March 3rd was and non farm payroll, and I ended up losing, <laughs> you know, 18000 pretty much in one day, and then Monday I lost it all. I lost the rest of the money. So, so you flipped, th- was it three three fifty to 26000 was it? Something like that. And yeah, a- that, yeah, that was my first YouTube video that I was talking about, yeah. Ah, right, right. And, um... How on earth did you lose it all? Just what? What was the? What was wrong with your strategy so that you lost it all on non-farm payroll? I didn't have a set strategy at all, especially when I was trading right away. I was so aggressive. I wanted to be a high-risk, aggressive trader, and I wanted, and I always wanted to be, you know, high risk. But in order to be really, really great at high risk, you got to pick your certain times of the day and your certain days of trade. I didn't have that. You know, in the beginning when I started flipping, I was all about making a lot of money, but I, I didn't have any set goals. I didn't pin myself to where I want to find my own methods of trading. I was constantly just looking for more ways to increase profits and pips. And eventually, you know, on non-farm payroll, that was the first time trading non-farm payroll. I ended up going, you know, more than... Altogether, I'd say the lots were like 32 standards, I think, or 30 standards, and I ended up losing 17,000, like, yeah, 17,600, where it was, the total of that. And so and to to actually take that kind of a loss, I mean, it's, it's really devastating because, you know, you built a really small account and you made it so huge, but... But then at the end of the day, you end up losing all because you got so greedy. And that's what happened to me. So yeah. I really don't want nobody to repeat the same mistakes that I did. And so, so, so you made that mistake. And what did you what did you do? Or how did you re, re sort of recoup yourself and, and get, regain your confidence or whatever it was to to, to then move from move on from there? Yeah, I actually I actually didn't try to recuperate uh, you know, the, my strategies or my patience at all, I was constantly, even though when I lost that 26000 I would constantly try to re-flip re the account back to 26000 whatever it was, where I'd try to put 400 500 I'd even put 800 and just try to get it back up to 26000 The most I got out of, the, out of those other accounts that I blew, because I blew, after I blew that one, I blew it at least... I want to say nine, ten accounts right away, within within less than less than three weeks. But I would I would get the account up to like six thousand, eight thousand, maybe close to ten thousand, and then lose it all on Friday. So I I've come to realize that Fridays were my weakest points of trading. But I still wanted to keep flipping them, keep flipping the accounts. 
And I, until I came down to the last time I was flipping the account at the end of April, I was like, I need to take a break. I'm really stressing myself out. You know, the wife's not happy about it. And I'm not happy where I'm, I'm not happy where I'm going trading Forex. And I'm like, I'm losing so much patience. And it came to the point to where, you know, maybe I should just find something else. Came to the point to where maybe I should reconsider changing my career, you know, to the point to where, you know, what if, what if I decide just to go back and work a normal job instead? Right. You know, it, 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 it hit, you know, it, you hit that breaking point to where, you know, you need to step on the brakes and, and you know, look at life sometimes and figure out exactly where you're trying to, you know, go in life versus just trying to fast forward your life. And that's where I had to make, you know, I had to make that. I had to pull the emergency brake and say, I had to look at myself, so, you know, if I want to make forks work, I got to make it work consistently, not just one day, you know, you know, like me trying to make millions of dollars in one day when you can make a million dollars by, you know, in one whole year consistently, if you consistently profit every single day, you can get up there. And so my end result was short term, not long term. And by, and by the, by the, what's it? By July, I started, you know, I started figuring out different types of methods. I started approaching more into swinging versus scalping. And I found that swinging gave me more patience and more, uh, much more, much more better, better activity in trading versus scalping because I was constantly trying to fast pace myself along with my family and also trying to finish up school. And so I didn't finish, I didn't graduate school until the end of fall. So that that was the biggest that was the biggest hurdle right there is finishing the last semester in fall of 2017. Cool. So so you're now are you now full on scalping? Uh, sorry, full on swing trading versus scalping. Right. Yeah. So I'm more into swinging for weeks or months, and I'm more focused looking at the weekly chart and the monthly chart versus trying to go back and look on smaller time frames. Very rare do I ever look at the smaller time frames. Now, if I do, then we're trading. Basically, me and my group would we be trading high impact news, and that would be the only time I'd be scalping the markets. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I it took me it's taken me this long, literally this long, to to move away from the lower time frames. <laughs> and I've been like, I've been at this thing for ten years, and it's, so you obviously did it a lot quicker than me. Um, so hats off to you. You probably put in a lot more hours on the charts from me anyway at the start by the sound of it with the lack of sleep. Um, so, so do you want to give us some, some more stats around what you're doing at the moment? So like, so you're saying that your trades are running for a few weeks to, and you've got some, um, you do, you know, do you do trade high impact news? So, so what, what, um, what, what's your typical winning percentage at the moment? I don't have a software that keeps track of winning percentage. No. There are days that I I have to lose, I have to take losses, especially when I'm swinging, where where whether we're swinging for the whole week or for the whole month. Most of the time, within the first two weeks, I end up looking to see how many losses I want to cut back, especially if it's not going to turn around. Especially when you're swinging, you can look at see how much reversal can cause for it to come back for you, so you can make that kind of money back or break even. 
If not, then you're going to have to cut all those losses down. And so when I started swinging, I didn't know when to cut losses. I would just hold on to it. But now if the first couple of days ain't working out, we, we, cut, our, we cut everything off and reverse the trades. And that's the most important thing is that to minimize the losses so you can maximize your profits. And so the biggest issue that when, you, when you're swinging is that if you, can't, if you can't identify the reversals and the patterns that are coming in, and, you know, you can have one ex- unexpected news event, you know, political event is probably the biggest issue. You know, let's just say Trump decided to do his, his way of doing trade wars again to China. I mean, you're going to have to be prepared for an unexpected news break. And that, that's not coming out in the economic, in the economic calendar. Well, you have to be prepared on the fundamental side if that were to happen. And so there's a lot of unexpected news, especially with Brexit, too, with the pound. So pound is so volatile at this time, especially at this time of year right now. So you got different types of unexpected events to be prepared, especially when you're swinging for the long term. And when you move into, like, yeah, so, like, Two years ago, I was so focused on indicators. Now I'm focused on naked forks. I'm more into price action and candlesticks versus what I was doing last year. Like last year, I was all about having eight to ten indicators on my charts, and I was constantly looking for different confirmations. But now with naked forks, it eliminates the process of looking at all those indicators. You're constantly looking at where the price is going and where the candlestick structure is creating for your trend so you can follow that trend until you see a possible reversal setup. So, And what is, what, that's quite interesting. We maybe we'll dive in a little bit deeper on that. But um, yeah. what, what about your, your risk to reward? I mean, if you're, if you're exiting trades based on a couple of days, so you, like, you may not have a fixed risk, but what about that compared to the reward? I mean, how, how, when, you're, when you start off with the trade, what does your stop look like to, to the profit target? Yeah, so for me, I don't set any stop losses for any of my trades, whether I'm, whether I'm, whether I'm stopping or swinging. So for my risk-reward, especially whether it's a small account or a big account, I, don't, I always test lot sizes. That's the biggest thing, especially if you want to test your confidence in trading, is that if you test a micro lot at 0.01, and a 0.01 sell and a 0.01 buy, now you have two positions to focus on where the direction of that uh, currency is going to go. So if I were to trade USDJPY, the dollar to the yen, then I would constantly put two, two of those micro lots positions at 0.01 on a buy and a sell. And eventually you're going to start seeing some kind of direction and movement with, with, those, with those two positions. If that position where your buy position is positive in blue making money, then you would follow that buy position. Same thing for the sell position. This is something that I did when I was flipping the account from 350 to 26,000. So I I would I would hedge two market lots because that's the best way to risk your position is that you're risking the smallest lot size to make the most amount of money versus a versus versus if you see an entry point that's a perfect entry or you see something that you know, where it's a, uh, a breakout going out of the, of the structure of the candles and you, and, you, and you think that's an opportunity to buy or sell and you go all in because that's what I did back then. If I went all in 
and it completely reversed on me, then I would totally lose out the amount of tips and money and now have to sit on this trade thinking that it might come back. Most of the time it doesn't come back. And then that's when you have to look back and say, when do you want to cut your losses? And so the, the biggest advantage is that you, you're always risking positions to make that kind of money, but it's, but it's never, it doesn't hurt if you're risking 0.01 buy and a 0.01 sell. So you can see some kind of direction, especially when the market's open on a Sunday because it just fluctuates up and down so much and you don't know exactly where it's going to go. But by testing these two lot size positions on that one currency pair or three or four, whatever you're comfortable trading with, then you can figure out where where their direction is going to keep going for that session to the next session. And then if it keeps going, then you find that that's a good trend to follow for the next couple of days or maybe for the next couple of weeks and how strong, you know, how strong that candlestick structure that is creating that trend for you. So so let me just get that straight because I'm a little bit confused. Yeah. Uh, so you're setting two orders at the same time, like let's say at the start of the week, you're going, right, buy and a sell, 0.01. That makes sense. And mm-hmm. do you cut the buy or the sell order at some point when you see the direction is happening or do you just wait for it to fluctuate and then keep cutting them and, changing them or how does that work or are they just like purely just to have a look at what direction we're going in okay well the buyer's no, no, making profit no. and the sales making a loss I, and no 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 it's i always keep it going especially for the whole week if i'm gonna if i'm gonna swing trade from sunday and all the way till friday ah and you'll just because, watch oh, so it's like you're moving average almost like a right. so if the buyers if the buyers in positive then you see that okay i should be buying and if the sales and positive, right. then you're sh- ah okay, right, gotcha. Right, because I so mean, you don't make he, money on these. You don't you don't make money on these trades, yeah. Right, you're not trying to make money. You're right. trying to find direction. That's the biggest thing. Okay, I'm with you. Because because the biggest the biggest problem that I had in the beginning was that I didn't know where that direction was going. Even if I was scalping back then, I was making good money scalping, but. I was just always guessing when I want to enter. Support and resistance is great, especially for higher time frames, like four hour, daily, weekly, and monthly. But if you look at the if you look at support and resistance on, you know, five minute, fifteen minute, you know, thirty minutes, sometimes even a one hour can break break its own resistance and support. And so when you look when you when you when you put yourself down on those lower time frames, then your support resistance isn't as strong as you were to move from the four hour to, to the monthly. With that, if you don't test any positions, if you're not if you're not testing positions to see direction, then you're basically putting that position at risk, uh, more at risk versus versus you not testing a position to see if it's going to make you money. And so, it doesn't hurt to test your abilities every single day in the markets because the markets is always constantly changing. Even there, you know, even there are days where, especially, you know, this, uh, no, yeah, let's talk about this week, this week, what happened this whole week. Nothing really happened except if you were trading the pound and you can, and I love trading USD JPY and I love trading gold, but those two pairs didn't really do much in, in market volatility for this week at all. And if they're not going to move much for this month, they're not going to move much at all for the rest of this month. 
He said, then you're waiting for that. If it's in the, it's in the consolidated state where it just fluctuates, you know, 10, 10, 20, or, you know, maybe, maybe 50 pips at most. And now you got a price gap where you can range it off of. And if this is going to sit there, there's no point testing a position because you're waiting for a breakout to come out, out of that zone. That's the biggest thing, especially when, when pairs just fluctuate in a certain range of price. And so, but to, it looks like it doesn't hurt to test your position so that you can get more comfortable. And I don't do it, I don't do it, I don't do it as much as I used to back then, but I did it so that I can build my confidence level so that I didn't have to be testing positions all the time. Because if I'm testing positions all the time and I'm constantly hedging positions every single time, and that's not, that's not really making the most amount of money. That's, that's the problem right there. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, so what, what yeah. pairs are you trading? I mean, how many pairs and what are they? Oh man, if I look at my watch list. I have, well, I trade all the majors. Uh, I trade the dollar as well. I trade gold. Uh, I trade the dollar to the yen, dollar to the, uh, the dollar Swiss, the dollar to King uh, Canadian. I trade, Euro to the dollar, pound to the dollar, Australia to the Aussie dollar, and the Kiwi dollar, the New Zealand dollar as well. And then uh, I do look at, it looks at, I do look at US 30, which is Dow Jones, because it sometimes inverse correlates with the US dollar. So when people are buying stocks, Dow Jones goes up and then dollars go, the dollar goes down. So that's really great inverse correlation of what I've been seeing so far. Uh, other than that, yeah, I mean, I just like to trade the major pairs. I saw eight to ten pairs at pretty much for the whole week. Nice. And how many trades would you have running at any one time? At one time, I'd say at least 20, 30 positions. Well, wow. it's quite a bit for swing trading. Quite. A, quite it a is because, <laughs> because when, when people swing trade, they only put one position. But in, in order for you to to capitalize and maximize the amount of the amount of profit and the same amount of pips. So let's just say USD JPY is going up on a, on a massive uptrend, you know, 50, 60 pips. Instead of catching 50, 60 pips on one position, what if you could catch 50, 60 pips on 10 open buy positions? Now you're making 500 to 600 pips because you have a total of 10 trades open following the uptrend and that's the biggest difference is that you want exponential growth not not addition so in math you want to exponentially grow your account not to just add you know not to do the basic math of adding you want to multiply that's the that's the easiest way in forex and same thing in banking same thing in, in calculation and math so why would you can catch the same amount of pips and profit on one position, why not do it for 10, 20, 30 positions? And do you, um, do you scale into these positions like as the as you make make some profit, you will add more positions or are you sort of just putting a lot of positions on at the start? I usually do it at the start now versus versus waiting every, every 5, 10 pips. How I did it back then, I would wait every 5, 10 pips, I would add a position. But in that case, since I wasn't using stop loss, 
then if the position were to get reversed or had a massive pullback, whether it could have a massive pullback the next day or maybe the next two days or maybe the next session, then whatever I added every 5, 10 pips, I would lose my money because most of the time the broker's, got, the broker's going to stop you out because you're, you're adding so many positions where the, the margin can't cover that, especially when there's a major pullback. So and if you trade USDJPY, you can see all the great – you can see all, all the major pullbacks that the dollar to the yen has. So it gets, it gets, it gets to a point to where if, you're gonna, if you know you're going to add that many positions in, then I, I would rather be negative in the beginning to be positive later versus – Versus be positive in the beginning and then be negative later. It doesn't make sense to, to go from positive to negative later when you when you can when you can sacrifice the positions now to make the most later on. That's the biggest thing. And and so I mean another question I've got is do you do you lock in some profit by moving your stop up to either break even or anything like that? No, with that, like I said, like I said. To this day, I still don't use stop loss where I'm swinging or or scalping. And the biggest thing to me is that my daily goal of making profit is this certain amount a day, and I and my weekly profit goal is this certain amount every week, and so that I can get to my monthly income. That's the biggest thing that I have set every single day and every single week. Now, if you don't have that, and you're you just got started, or or you've been trading for a couple of years, you got to have a you gotta have some kind of financial plan behind trading forex. Otherwise, you're constantly trying to build an account to whatever the extent is, and you don't know. And the next thing you know, you lose it all. So, gotta have, like I said, the financial discipline of trading needs to, really needs to be there. And it's the same thing if you're going to the casino. It's the same thing you're going to play a lottery. You know, you have people that can win the lottery. You have people that can that can win gam that can make gambling income. You know, and so, but they have their own set of rules that they go by to make that kind of income for them. And that goes in forex because without that, then you're constantly you might dig yourself deeper, and you won't be able to come back on that. What does your typical trading day look like? Let's see, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday I always do my weekly analysis and then talk to the group, talk to uh, my customers on Sunday, and then get ready to send out weekly chart analysis on every major pair that I'm that I'm gonna be trading on. And then as soon as Tokyo opens, I'm constantly looking at looking at the computer screen and looking at my phone and trying to die uh, trying to dive down within what happens within the first couple hours. Within the first two hours of Tokyo, you kind of get to see what 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 is going to predict that trend for the whole week? A lot, not a lot of people get, not a lot of people can see that. But if you actually start swinging, let's just say you you wanted to test out, test it on a demo. This is what I did. I would test every major every major pair on my demo, and to let it swing from Tokyo all the way to the end of Friday of New York sessions. And and look at it and see if it's if it's still, uh, still in, still in profit or still in the loss. If it was in the loss, then I would go back and look at and see where where that turning point was at. Usually, that turning point is either on a Monday, or 
at the end or at the beginning of Tuesday. And so now you get now 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 you look back and say, okay, now I'm gonna go ahead and start and entering my positions on Monday, Tuesday, or even though I'm still gonna do it on Sunday. So I'm always constantly looking ahead, you know, those first two days. As soon as the markets open on Sunday and then Monday, looking to see what's gonna happen, because Monday is the first day of New York sessions and you wanna kinda you want to get a feel for what's going to happen to the new uh, the New York Stock Exchange, Wall Street, and you want to get to see where they're going to try and push that U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is by far the the most strongest and and the most traded the most traded currency everywhere. And so that's the biggest thing is to see where they're going to try and push that uh, U.S. dollar. And now I'm really heavy and really more technical into the U.S. dollar. So I'm not as much as I, I'm not as much into fundamental and into learning more about economics how I used to two years ago. So now I'm focusing and shifting more into as a technical trader versus as a fundamental trader now. Nice. Okay, and, and I'm going to shift the questioning slightly. Yeah. So do you trade uh, cryptocurrency at all? I don't trade crypto anymore. Uh, ever since that broker. JASX, they got ever since they got sued from CFTC. Oh, what happened there? I did hear about them. Did they? Yeah. They got sued yeah. by CFTC. Yeah, the United States. Yeah. <laughs> and what they they got put out of business, or they 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 took everyone's no. money, or they they paid the fines, but they no longer accept any U.S. clients. Ah, right. So that's the biggest thing right now, and. I mean, I mean, it was already coming there, anyways. So, so you were trading the cryptos when yeah, you I could. Was crypto, I was trading crypto November of yeah, November twenty seventh. Yeah, yeah, November of twenty seventeen. And then, right, uh, if you remember, Bitcoin hit like nineteen twenty thousand, and right before Christmas, whatever it was. Yeah. Right before Christmas, and then as soon as it went down. There was no point trading anymore. Right. The spreads were so huge. Uh, there was nothing to make any money off of. They cut the profits down. I mean, if you're, if you, I don't know, that there's no way the brokers were, were able to pay out. I mean, if, if, if it's constantly dropping that much, I mean, crypto dropped for a whole year. And so, and it's still in consolidation mode right now. And I don't really see much anything for crypto unless to me, to, for my honest thing is that the price that Bitcoin needs to break is 5,000. Other than that, I'm not really wasting my time looking at it. And so if you look at Bitcoin's price at 5,000 a couple of years back, that's a major key price. Right. And so, so, so you're okay. So do you think it will break 5,000? I don't know. I mean, I just have my, I have my trend line set up. On the, I think it was a weekly. No, on the daily, on the daily. And you can see, I, I mean, I'll show it to you with, it, um, when we're going into the charts, a little on uh, the charting, because that's, that's what you want me to do. Like, Yeah, we'll jump on a video and, uh, and check it up on the YouTube channel after. Yeah. So um, we'll go over that one. Yeah, we'll have a look at the, the Bitcoin. Brilliant. Um, so 
let's let's uh, go back to a bit of the sort of mindset stuff. I mean, what do you think made you different from the average trader out there way back in the beginning, like the traits that you had? And, well, we know you didn't sleep for a few years, but um, any other actions that you took that other people sort of might have missed along the way? I have to say, you know, when you start adjusting and the number one thing behind mindset is that you always have to be an adaptable. You have to willing, you have to be willing to adapt yourself to any environment. And that's something that I learned in the military. But, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's business or personal. You have to be willing to adjust accordingly to the people that you talk to every day, to, to unexpected events. And, it, and when it comes into Forex, you know, Forex is really great at testing your patience and the way you look at things. And when you come in and look at candlesticks, price, you see all these, you look at these graphs and you don't know what you're looking at, you know, now and you start, you know, what I did was, you know, I started to visualize where, where I wanted to go every single day. You know, I was like, you know what, where, where do I want to put forks? Is it just for making this kind of money and then just call it off? Or do I want to make this like a long time, a long time profession or something? If I want to make it long time, long term, then I got to stop doing, you know, I look back when I look, when I look, when I look at the way that I, that I was trading and in my mindset two years ago, you know, if I was still doing the same thing, I wouldn't even be here talking to you. I wouldn't even be in YouTube talking about Forex anymore. And so it's, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole different mindset of changing the way you think. And personal, like I said, personal development comes a long way. But that, that's on you if you choose to personally develop and do self-development for yourself. Now, I do it every day, but, I mean, that's not really that's not really for a Forex trader. I mean, you could get really good at trading Forex if you learn your – I would have to say, for, don't learn the fundamentals yet. The fundamentals can come later. Learn the technical analysis right away so that you kind of – so that you – can figure out exactly what your technical analysis is so that you're not so that you're not relying too much on those indicators because indicators sometimes don't give you too much of a strong confirmation. When you get really good at your technical analysis, then you can hop back into your fundamentals. But I was more into fundamentals two years ago than technical. But now if you get if you take the time to learn more on your, on your technical side, and you can develop, you know, when you want, you know, when, when to take profit, when you want to get out, when uh, you're going to, you're going to identify these patterns. You're going to identify, you know, what sessions makes the most money for you, what sessions don't make the most money, you know, the least amount. You're going to find out, you know, here I live up there in Wisconsin, so you have four seasons. You're going to find out that, you know, to me, tax season is by far the best money maker. Tax season from February, March, and April, by far the best best months for me to trade now summer is not the is the worst so now I, I know that you know from 2018 of july and 20 and 2017 of july i lost a lot of money in, in those two months especially the summertime july and august were not the greatest months of trading so now i know i'm going to cut back on july and august and then when you come back into the fall season september october and then 
September and October, then you get to see, okay, now everybody's, you know, kind of like college. Everybody's going back to school, you know, you get to see a little bit more action, you know, they're not on vacation anymore, so there's more trading involved. And then when you come in back into the holidays, November, December, then you don't, you don't really want to trade too much because the holidays are more focused on people, you know, going on vacation. Why would people spend more time trading? especially the big guys. I'm not talking about the average people. So you got the big banks, the big investors, you know, they're not going to waste their time, especially on a holiday. So you put everything all in one and you know what you're, you're great. Like I said, if I wanted to scalp, I could scalp. So I mean, scalping, swinging, you find your happy medium, whatever it is right mm-hmm. here in the middle. That's, that's that's something that no one can't take away. That's something that, to be honest, like, whatever it is right here is in the middle. Only you know what it is that makes you makes you money and lose money. You know that's what it is. That's the biggest thing is whatever it is that meets the middle from scalping, swinging, and all of the fundamentals and and uh, technical comes right in the middle. That's all on you. That's all you right there because you know that's where it's gonna make you or break you, and. Like I said, after, after at the end of April, I mean, I really thought about reconsidering everything, you know, and shift towards something else, different opportunity. But after two weeks of redefining where, where, where I really wanted to go and want to make this work, you know, I put my foot down and I said, you know what, I'm going to make this work consistently, not aggressively. I can always focus aggressively on, you know, when I have the time to, but not not when I want to make the type of income that I want to make for my family and income for me. And if I don't, then it's kind of like putting yourself back to square one every time, and then that's not where that's not where anybody would want. <laughs> exactly. You know yeah, want. yeah. Because I beg the I beg the question at the start of the show, like. If you got to twenty six thousand, why didn't you like withdraw some of it, like even <laughs> even just twenty or something, and right. start again? And then you got the buffer. But anyway, I mean, it is what it is, and good lessons, good lessons to have. So, um, so if you had to split your trading into technical versus fundamental, now what's that split look like? If I were to trade technical now, no. If you um had to split it up into your analysis, is are you doing? Say like fifty fifty technical versus fundamental, or is it different than that? No, I'm more I'm more eighty eighty percent technical now versus uh, I was eighty percent fundamental. I didn't really care oh. looking at the charts uh, as much as I used to now. Wow, that's quite odd. Yeah, with with being a fundamental trader, I was more focused on every single high impact news. I was more focused on. Forbes news, unexpected events, political events, something that would drive the currency based on the economy. So if it wasn't the economy, then I would be paying attention to what President Trump was doing. Because whatever he says really dictates a lot what happens to the U.S. dollar. And that, that goes with, you know, looking at, looking at the federal, U.S. Federal Reserve. I don't really look at them as much as I used to now. And... Sometimes, you know, if I were to trade high impact news, you can base high impact news on technical analysis. And you don't have to read up on the news. Now, 
I used to read up on every single news, but now I don't. So, like I said, it, what I said before, if you focus more, if you know that you're going to stare at the screen all day, have a specific intent of looking at the screen instead of, because how I was doing it, I was just staring at the next candle to the next candle to the next candle, and I didn't know what I was identifying. I was just, just constantly trying to figure out when I want to get in and get out, and that's it. That was my way of stopping. I didn't really care for looking at price, what a, what a candlestick meant. I didn't know my terms, my terms and definitions of trading back then, two years ago. And so I would call lots. I would call lots. If I was trading one stand, I would call it a dollar. I don't know why, but that's <laughs> what I was calling it as because I see a dollar. Yeah. You know, I, was, I was turning a dollar into a couple hundred dollars. That's how I was looking at it. But... But yeah, if you if you if you take the time and start charting and looking at and looking at these charts, whether it's for scalping or swinging, you're gonna figure out real quick on where your technical analysis is at, and from there you're gonna have to look at and see where you want to improve. You can't improve on everything, but you can improve on something that can make you some kind of consistent money. That's what you're trying to look for. If you can't find a consistency in, in looking at the charts, then you're not going to find a consistency of making the profits or the pips that you're trying to make for the day or for the week. It doesn't matter how many pips or, or profit you make in one day because you still have, you know, let's just say you made a lot of money on Monday, but you still want to trade. So guess what? You're going to keep trading Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. That's how I was. I don't care how much money I was making on Monday. Because the markets was still open. So I kept over trading. If you're going to keep over trading, that goes back to the mindset. That go back, I mean, that really goes back to, you know, your discipline of trading. It has nothing to do with technical analysis, though. I put, like I said, I have over 400 videos on on trading. And I gave out, I mean, to be honest, I gave out a lot of, a lot of free knowledge out there. If anyone wants to, wants to actually pursue, you know, my way of trading now. And, if you, like I said, the technical analysis is always there, but there's no way I can tell you to take profit. There's no way I'm going to be like, oh, well, you should, you know, you should, you should take profit because this might happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter if I'm getting out signals. It doesn't matter because the most important thing is that that's your account. You do what you want to do with it. And if you lose it, that's on you. And so... The most, like I said, the most important thing is that if you, what's it? If you repeat the same mistakes, it's always going to be there. If the, if the lesson is not learned, it's just going to continue. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Yeah, it's a learning and evolving thing, isn't it? I'm sort yeah. of understanding that now. Now, yeah. from a technical point of view, I mean, if you had to recommend the guys go off and study three things on a price chart, what would you be recommending they focus on? Oh man, if they take, if, if, well, I'll tell you how I, how I went too straight into technical. I read the first four chapters of Naked Forex and then I, that candlestick Bible from that Japanese guy, guy's name, the candlestick Bible, all, all I did was I looked at every single candlestick figure 
like whether it was a doji candle or an inverted hammer or shooting star, morning star, double top, uh, double bottom. I was constantly looking at every single candlestick pattern and, and what each individual can- candlestick meant. I look at every single picture of those candlesticks, memorize it, and then I read the first four chapters of Naked Forex. I did that for a couple of days, just reread the whole thing, retest some of the strategies, retest uh, some of the methods, because I was because at the end of July, end of July of last year, I finally shifted over to to be a hundred percent technical trader based on Naked Forex on price action candlesticks, and so. It was hard to it was hard to take off RSI, MACD, stochastic, uh, the moving averages. It was hard to take off the Bollinger bands. It was really hard. But when when I started seeing where price was going, or where or when I started seeing a candlestick pattern or some kind of structure where it might cause a reversal, then that was my go-to signal. And it gave me a much more better level of confidence and a much more better confirmation versus trying to rely on every single indicator that I was using. And so from a technical standpoint, if you really want to improve, you can do what I did. Read the first four, the first two chapters of Naked Forest and the first two chapters of Candlestick Bible. They really lay it all out for you. If you don't understand the first chapter of any book, then you're not going to understand the, the more in-depth of what the book is trying to tell you. And that goes in, and that goes in any book that you read, to be honest. I think so, I actually read the first, only only the first two chapters of Naked Forex as well. For whatever reason, I, I couldn't get any further than that. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember why, because it was probably about two years ago, maybe a year and a half. Anyway, um, we're going to dive into the quickfire round. So this is, a, this is I think it's nine quickfire questions to help the guys sure. try and work out some more stuff from uh, what, what you're doing different to them. So um, how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? I would say after the first eight months, eight months of August of 2017, I found it by consistency. That was the end of summer. What's your mental approach to trading, and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? Mental, man. I always remind myself, especially on a Sunday, that not every Sunday repeats the same Sundays, and not every week is going to repeat the same weeks. And I always try to identify, you know, my goal is to always identify at least one or two weeks ahead of the markets based on my based on looking at the price on the weekly and monthly charts and on and the candlestick structure of the trend on the weekly and monthly chart. What's your favorite entry setup? Entry setup, I would have to say testing, yeah, I would have to say testing testing your micro lots. If you like I said, if you're not gonna test it, then then look at your Look at your, or to me, I would look at candlesticks. So if it was an inverted hammer or, or, or it's creating, you know, or those two low or those two major candles on the four hour daily, so I'm looking at higher time frames, then I would be looking to swing a buy at the bottom versus a sell at the bottom. 
what strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? To exit, the biggest thing is to always have an exit strategy on how much money you're trying to profit for that for that session or for that or yeah, for me for that session or for the day. That's the most important thing. It's not about it's not about it's not about taking it's not about exiting and all of a sudden re-entering again. Then that means there's got to be some specific profits or specific tips on what you're trying to make for that day. What's your recommended trading book? Oh, recommend trading book. I would have to say trading, uh, currency trading for dummies, the third edition. Oh, okay. Okay. There is, there is some really great, interesting, uh, economical fundamentals on that on that book and if you take the time to read uh, what is it if you take the time to read every single economical structure for each country then you then then you can see how the technical analysis plays along with that with that country so oh, interesting very, now yeah. um yeah if you could if there was one thing you'd recommend any retail retail trader spend the next month mastering what would it be why and how could they go about mastering it naked forks if you if you seriously want to take it up to the next level or even if you're new take like i say read read the first two chapters at naked forks it'll change the way you know you look at the charts that's the belief. because when you come into trading you, you're constantly looking at the charts for something. And if you understand, like I said, I mean, I mean, like I said, if you understand the charts, I'm telling you, you're going to, you're going to take it somewhere else to a whole new level for yourself. No. So that's the biggest thing. Take, take the time to understand. If I were to go back in time, I would do naked forex. That would be the biggest thing. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? I would use, I, I always use MetaTrader 4, especially on the phone. And then uh, C trade would be the second, but C trade doesn't happen and C trade doesn't um, doesn't open up for all brokers. So, and any particular broker? Right now, I'm really right now be just LKD effects. I mean, I'm still using Trader's Way, but LKD effects is the big is my only broker right now. That that is my that's my money maker right there. Yeah, they seem to have um, come out of nowhere for a lot of the US yeah. traders. Yeah. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, right. So, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? <laughs> oh man, I don't want to say sacrifice sleep because some people sacrifice sleep and still haven't learned anything. So, <laughs> uh, I want to say you got to find that adaptability. Once you find, you know, once you find yourself of being the best adaptable, you know, once you find that way of adapting to the markets, where it's losing or making money, whatever it is, but it's best when, when you find out when you're losing more, is, is that you figure out fast when you want to cut losses. That's the most important thing. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not ready to adapt to, to the forex market, you're going to constantly lose and Nothing like I said, nothing sets apart, you know, especially when you have a technical, a fundamental, or you have the adaptable chair that's always in. You know, they always move in and out, in and out, in and out, and they know when to get in, get in or wait for the next day. And that's when that's something for anybody. 
you mean including me? Because if I'm not willing to adapt to the environment, I'm always going to end up, you know, putting myself back in the same shoes where I was back two years ago. So the biggest thing is finding that adaptability in Forex. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I mean, I know that, you know, sort of talking about cutting your losses, I, I often would, when I was back testing, take a tra- it's just back testing so it's like literally sort of just manually going through and, and you know knocking through candlesticks and i'd see it start going against me and i'm like i know this is going to hit the stop loss i <laughs> literally know and then but then i'd see the same thing happen at time and time again and it's like hang on a sec if i know it's going to hit the stop loss why the hell am i taking the trade in the first place or, or why am i holding on to the trade yeah. and then hey why am i not taking it in the opposite direction because it tends to carry on anyway. So, True. yeah. But was I going back and doing the learning and adapting? No. And that's probably what... It's one thing I've actually sort of really... It's home in the last few weeks. So, um, right, last question of the show here. Uh, Koo, we want you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy. The entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame. Basically, something our listeners can have a play with at home this week. Basic strategy for them? Yeah. If they if they can focus on if they want to focus on scalping, start start with the fifteen minute chart. If they want to focus on swinging, swinging start with the four hour. With the fifteen minute chart, you get fifteen minute increments in one hour, so that's four fifteen minute candles, which gives you enough time to catch thirty, fifty pips, or maybe even up to hundred pips, depending on the movement of that currency pair. And then with the four-hour, the four-hour chart, every, almost every book that I read, the four-hour chart is is already talked about as the most accurate chart for swinging because there's 24 hours in a day. Each session is eight to nine hours. With that, you get two four-hour candles in each session. So you get two four-hour candles in Tokyo, two four-hour candles in London, and two four-hour candles in New York. So... I'm not talking about Sydney because the spreads are so high during the Sydney of open. So with that, you take four times six. That's six four-hour candles equals 24 hours in a day. That's why your four-hour candle is really, really important to pay attention to because that because that makes and creates the uh, daily candles. Your daily candles create your weekly your weekly candles for the end of the week. So stick with 15-minute chart if you want to try scalping. That we can catch more pips, and then the four-hour. Test out, you know, test it out for swinging long term. That way, that way you can hop in from the daily to the weekly to the monthly, work your way up. Nice, cool, right? So before we wrap up, what's the best way for my listeners to get hold of you? I'm always on Telegram. If not, you can email me. Uh, I mean, I'm always constantly looking at my YouTube too, so you can always comment me there. If not, but like I said, Telegram. Like I said, you can you can easily email me or Telegram me. That's the biggest thing right there. So, Cool. Well, look, a big thank you to Ku for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here, along with all the links, are in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Ku, K-O-U. It's K-O-U, right? right. Uh, in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success.
All right, folks, so there we have it. Now you can get access to the video on the YouTube channel or on the show notes. So go and check that out. We did a video uh, where you actually walk through, where, where Ku walks through the, the levels that he's uh, picked for Bitcoin. And then we go over the U, USD, USD JPY chart. And actually, I talk about one of my trades that I took, and you see how he analyzes. Uh, that chart and pick some some key points where you're going to get some low risk, high reward entries. So go and check that out on the show notes. Um, whilst you're there, guys, check out uh, the premium interview. So if you want to get access to the interviews I recorded as part of my 52 Traders podcast, then head over there to the uh, premium interviews. You can either buy them individually or you can get the whole series. So um, if you get them in, if you get them individually, you get the show notes. You get any notes that were taken, any videos that were left, or any marked up charts that were given by the traders. And if you get the whole lot, you get basically you can listen to it on your mobile phone like a normal podcast, and you get your own private feed. Uh, it's basically the bells and whistles package. And look, there's coupons in the members area, so go and grab the coupons, get the discounts instead of paying the full price. All right, folks, I'll see you uh, on the next episode of the Trading Nut Podcast. Be sure to subscribe if you're not subscribed, and be sure to leave a review if you haven't already. All right, folks, see you then.